Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Do you like visiting museums? Have you ever been in a museum of children's art? What if your museum were showing a collection of paintings of children and one of the pieces was mysteriously missing? That's what happens to Sammy and Ginny in this new shoebox kids mystery. Along the way, Sammy learns that helping others is part of what it means to be a Christian. Chapter 3. Is anyone home? So what's this about a missing painting, Chris asked Sammy when the group got together that evening. There's this guy named Sheffield Matheson who is a real famous painter, exclaimed Sammy, and he lived right here in Mill Valley. Of course, this was in the olden days, back before computers or video games or color TV or stuff like that. It was in 1964, said Mrs. Wallace. I was three years old. Wow, that long ago, Chris said? Anyway, his paintings are worth about a zillion bucks each. Not quite that much, Mrs. Wallace corrected. Okay, not that much, but a lot, said Sammy, and one of them is missing. What makes you think we can find it? Willie asked. When did they lose it? They lost it in a fire in 1964, Sammy smiled and folded his arms over his chest, right here in Mill Valley. Oh, right, Chris said. We'll be able to find this painting when the police and everybody else couldn't. How do we know it wasn't burned up in the fire? Because the police said it wasn't, Sammy said. Even though we're meeting tonight to talk about raising money for the museum, somehow I knew this mystery would come up, Mrs. Wallace said, smiling. I first got interested in art because my father collected everything he could about art history, especially things about local art and artists. She reached for a wide green scrapbook and opened it. Here's a newspaper article that my father clipped several days after the fire. The shoebox kids crowded around to look as Mrs. Wallace read from the old yellow paper. Mill Valley police continued to investigate the fire that killed artist Sheffield Matheson and destroyed his studio at 1233 Jackson Street. Preliminary reports have concluded that the fire was most likely the result of arson. Arson? What's that? asked Dee Dee. That's when someone sets a fire on purpose, Mrs. Wallace said. But who would set fire to Mr. Matheson's studio? Jenny asked. Mrs. Wallace read on. Mill Valley police are looking for Matheson's son, Berkeley, for questioning regarding the fire. Witnesses state that the relationship between father and son had been strained recently, and the two had been seen arguing violently in public on at least two occasions. Uh-oh, Willie murmured. Mrs. Wallace nodded, then read on. When asked if they thought the missing painting, number 11 in the just-completed children's dozen set, was taken by the son, police investigators had no comment. It doesn't look good for Berkeley, Chris said. Anyway, that's generally what the article says, Mrs. Wallace said, looking up. If I remember right, Matheson had a daughter as well. Hmm. She flipped through the scrapbook some more. Yes, here it is, Emily Matheson. She had just been married two weeks before the fire, and if I recall correctly, the marriage didn't last very long. I wonder whatever happened to her. Mrs. Wallace looked off in the distance as if she were trying to remember something. I wonder if the house is still there, Willie asked. Oh, it's still there, Mrs. Wallace said cheerfully. It was just the studio behind the house that burned down. Then maybe we should check it out tomorrow, Sammy said. Maybe you should, Mrs. Wallace said, but remember that someone probably lives there, so don't go snooping around without permission. That's trespassing, and it's against the law. Now, she said, snapping the scrapbook shut and standing up, we have snacks in the kitchen. Everybody get a plateful, and then let's sit down and talk about making some money for the museum. 
Mrs. Wallace, I suggest we raise money by collecting things for recycling, Willie said. You know, aluminum cans, newspaper, scrap metal. Don't forget older sisters, Chris added. Maria glared at Chris. Willie, I think that's a good start, Mrs. Wallace said. Let's make a list and see what other ideas we can come up with. The evening ended about an hour later with the shoebox kids agreeing to meet at the Wallace's house the next morning. Jackson Street was just a few blocks over from the Wallaces, and Mrs. Wallace agreed to come check on them after they had had a chance to talk to whoever lived there. The next morning, a line of bikes left a long trail through the orange and yellow leaves on the sidewalk. Look, Willie called from out in front, my chair leaves two trails. Are you sure this is the place? Dee Dee asked quietly when they stood in front of 1233 Jackson Street. Sammy nodded, pointing to the mailbox with 1233 painted in fading colors on the side. This place is spooky, Willie said, looking up at the big old house. The place looked like it hadn't been painted in 20 years. Windows were broken in the upstairs rooms, and an iron railing for the stairs leaned over to one side. The grass had grown impossibly high, and bushes and trees around the house looked as if they would swallow it whole. I don't think anyone lives here anymore, Maria said. It looks abandoned. Chris shook his head slowly. No, someone lives here all right. It's Mrs. Sheckley. Remember her, Maria? She's the one who threw a pail of water on those kids who were trick-or-treating around here last Halloween. Maria nodded slowly. This lady is spooky, Chris said. She never talks to anyone on the street, and if you ever hear her say anything, it's because she's mumbling to herself. Chris lowered his head and rumbled under his breath. No one said anything after that for a long while. Finally, Sammy got up his courage. Well, spooky or not, someone should go up to the door and see if she's home. He looked at the others, who in turn looked back at him. It's your mystery, Sammy, Willie said. Sammy looked around him. Jenny? You'll come with me, won't you? he asked. Jenny hesitated, then said, Sure, we're in this together. Although it was ten o'clock on a brisk fall morning, Jenny felt warm. I'm just nervous, she thought, and pulled off her sweater. She followed Sammy up the creaky front stairs while the other shoebox kids watched from the walkway in front of the house. Well, what now? Sammy asked as the two of them paused in front of the door. A big no salesman sign was tacked to the wall. Jenny noticed that the doorbell had been yanked out and only bare wire showed in its place. I guess we knock, she said, shrugging her shoulders. Sammy pulled the screen door open and knocked once quietly. After a few seconds, he tried again, more loudly. No answer. I guess no one is home, Sammy said to the others. Maybe Mrs. Sheckley is out back, Chris said. He peered down the gravel driveway, then bent down to put up the kickstand on his bike. Chris... Mrs. Wallace said not to trespass, Maria said. I'm not going to trespass, Chris said as he walked down the driveway. I'm just going to see if she's in her backyard. Chris disappeared around the corner of the house. After a few seconds, they heard him call. Hey, guys, come look at this. I'm not so sure about this, Jenny said as the others disappeared down the driveway and around the corner of the house. Sammy, she added with a quivering voice, let's stay up here and wait for them to come back. I'm sure they're all right, Sammy said. After all, they just went around the... Sammy was interrupted by a scream from Dee Dee. A second later, Willie, Chris, Dee Dee, and Maria came charging back down the driveway. What was it, Sammy asked. No one answered. Chris, Maria, and Dee Dee jumped on their bikes and started down the street after Willie, who had a head start on them. Realizing they were being left behind, Jenny and Sammy ran to their bikes. What was it? Sammy yelled after them.
The story you have heard today is a chapter of The Shoebox Kids, Book 5, The Broken Dozen Mystery, written by Glenn Robinson, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church.